this service of the Boonville Church of Christ. If you are joining us on uh, social media, we uh, welcome you. We would encourage you to call your friends and your family and have them join us in this worship service. In our service today, Brother Bo Gross will be leading us in singing. Uh, after two songs, I will be leading us in prayer. Brother Ken Forrest will have our lesson today. He will also be uh, leading us in our observance of the Lord's Supper, and Brother Chris Langley will have the announcements and closing prayer. Hope Peaks is in the Tupelo Hospital. Uh, she's been losing blood and will be undergoing tests to try to determine the cause of that. We wanted to begin this morning by having a special prayer for her. Would you bow with me and our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can call on you on behalf of those that we love, and we pray your special care to be with Hope Peaks. We pray that you would bless the doctors as they determine the cause of her blood loss, and hopefully, Father, the uh, correction of that cause. We pray, Father, that you would be with us this morning and bless us as we worship thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. First song this morning, A Wonderful Savior. A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful Savior to me. He hides my soul in the path of love, where rivers of pleasure I see. He hides my soul in the path of love, that shadow My burden away, he holdeth me up, and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. When clothed in his brightness, 
transported I ride to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation with wonderful love I'll shout with millions on high. He hides my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a bright thirsty land. He hides my life in the depths of his love and covers me then with his hand. And to Jesus I surrender. loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the great blessing of Jesus Christ. We're thankful that you were willing to send him to this earth to live and to die, 
shed his precious blood so that we could have hope of eternity. And Father, as the song we've just sang indicates, we want to surrender all to him. We want Christ to live in our lives. And we pray that you would bless us in an understanding of your word so that we'd know exactly how to do that. We ask your blessings, Father, upon our country. We know, Father, that to a great extent we're a divided country, and we pray that you would bless our leaders. We pray that you'd bless them with an extra measure of, of integrity. We pray that they would look to you for direction, look to you for the principles of life, for the principles of governing our country. We pray, Father, for the church. We pray that you would help us to, to serve you. We pray that our worship would be pleasing to you. And we pray, Father, that during this season when people, so many people are thinking about your son, that we would take advantage of that to share the gospel with others. Father, we have many of our number who are suffering uh, with the virus, many across the nation who are suffering with that. We pray for your providential intervention. We pray for medicines that would heal. We pray for vaccines that would prevent the spread of the virus. We pray, Father, that you would help us to be totally dependent on you because we know that you truly, Father, are in, in control of everything. We ask now that you be with us, that you bless us in this worship service, that you motivate us to be servants of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Psalm before a message this morning, make me a servant. Make me a servant, Lord, make me like you. glad that you could be a part of our worship together and while we are in various places we are together in spirit and 
That is some consolation for us, I suppose. There is a small group uh, gathered here to help facilitate our singing. And it's interesting, the Sunday before Christmas, every bring, everybody brings out their Christmas-themed attire. So you may be trying to squint into your television screen or your device and wondering, what is that that Ken has on his tie? And I want to share that with you because I only get to wear this tie like once a year. This is a tie full of cats. Are you surprised? And some of the cats have Santa Claus hats on them. Some of them have elf hats and some have reindeer hats. You put that together and you will realize how appropriate this tie is for today. I'm thankful and blessed to be here. But you know, even if the doors were open for everybody, which I hope will ensue shortly, there are some that have been sick for a long time and have been unable to assemble with us and still probably as yet would be unable. One of those people is Pat Green. This past Wednesday, she had hoped that I could share with you a note that she had presented to the church. And if you've gotten a bulletin, you probably have read that note. I want to share that with you now. And then I want to give you an update that I received yesterday from Pat. Dear church family, I can't begin to thank you enough for all your calls, texts, cards, and especially your prayers for me and my family as I've gone through the past six months of chemo treatments. I will have my last one this week. Also, I'm scheduled to get an MRI and to also meet with my surgeon this week. I cherish your friendship and your prayers for my well-being. Please continue to pray that God will bless me with good results and health. I love you all. Pat Green. Now, the hope in that was... You know, thank you for praying for me and your love for me. And I'm so hopeful about what might happen this week when I see the doctor. Well, she saw the doctor on Thursday. And she called me yesterday with this update. As of Thursday, listen now, the tumors are dissolved. There were questions about her lymph nodes. The lymph nodes are benign. Now, there are two important words I noticed in that. One was dissolved, and the other was benign. What a blessing from God. She said also that she has a consult with a surgeon on January the 5th. And there'll be some decisions that they have to make about her future with regard to battling this disease. So she asked that you pray for her in regard to that too. But I just, I couldn't wait to get up here and share that with you. And if I just sit down right now, wouldn't you be full already? Because God, God is so good. 
and he's good all the time. Let's pray, and then we're going to consider some beautiful things about the Lord and about our relationship with him, the blessings that we enjoy. Bow with me. Our Father in heaven, we are thankful to you for this day. But Lord, as we have begun, we've, we've come here to honor and glorify, worship, praise, to lift you up. And Father, while it is something that we anticipate and, and we look forward to, especially on the first day of the week, it just, it just provides added joy to have this good news from Pat. And Father, she has struggled for so long with this disease and the ups and downs in her health. But Father, we're just, just today, just in this moment, we just want to rejoice and be so glad for her and for us because we love her. And Father, we are praying that you will continue to bless her body, that it will heal and continue to battle this disease. And we pray that you'll be with her as she's expecting to have a meeting with the surgeon the first uh, week of January. We pray that those decisions will be the right ones and that they will also help to promote her health and healing. We just glorify you and, and we worship you today, if for no other reason than the great God that you are and the results that we see. We also pray, Father, today as we are opening your book that you will bless us in our study of your word. And Lord, help us to truly understand that it, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. And we don't have to look any farther than your own son and the gift of himself for us. Thank you for all these things. Help me to communicate well and bless those who hear these words that they will, they will ring true in their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text for today is Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. And we're told in that text to remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, mull that for just a moment in your mind. And I want to ask you this. Let's just be as honest as we can. Do those words there ring true to you? You know, in January, not, not now, not December, but in January, there are almost always millions of people who complain about the money they spent, about the debt they have incurred because of Christmas and the gift giving. And then next year, that following January, they'll do the same thing. And I'm wondering, with all that complaining, all that concern about spending, 
Where's the blessedness that Jesus is talking about right here in this text? You know, where is the, where's the good feeling in all of this? Today, I, I want us to think about what Jesus said. And, and I believe that it is true. But I, I want to help all of us to appreciate just, just how, how blessed it is to be on the giving end of this gift season and the blessedness that comes to us in our relationship with the Lord. I will tell you that giving assures the happiness of other people. Now, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. As, as you have the opportunity to do it. Now, a lot of times we talk about opportunity in the Christian life. Certainly, as servants of the Lord, we are looking, we say, for those open doors of opportunity. This text says that when that opportunity arrives, you jump through that. As we have this opportunity, let's do good to all. I mean, let's express the goodness of God flowing through us to everybody, but especially to those who would appreciate it the most, to those who are the Lord's, you know. I appreciate so much Paul reminding us of those opportunities and of the doors that open, how we ought to just step through that, our willingness and our desire to do good. Jesus spoke of that sort of thing in the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. He said, when you, when you give a feast, you have a banquet. He says, invite the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. He said, because they can't repay you. You'll be blessed in that. But he says, don't worry, you'll be repaid. That is you who are the giver, you who reached out to those who were the most depressed of your society. He said, don't worry, you'll be paid in the resurrection of the just. Now, don't miss that little last part there. Oftentimes, we'll dwell on the idea of reaching out to those who are less fortunate. And certainly, that is the implication here. You give a feast, you give a banquet, you share your good things, share them with those who can't repay you. Blessing for you. But I love this idea that the, that the expression of that, that good, that, that kindness toward those who can't repay you is a reflection on the character that you have. That of, that of being just, that of being good and righteous. Oh, it is, such a, it is such a blessing to express happiness into the lives of other people. There was a man by the name of William Allen White. He actually was the editor of the Emporia, Kansas newspaper. Well, he had a plot of land, about 50 acres, that he had given to the city so that they could develop a little park there. And as they were dedicating the park, Mr. White came and he gave a speech. But he said an unusual thing in that speech. He says that there are three blessings in every dollar. 
And people stopped and really paid attention now. Wait, wait, what do you mean three blessings in those dollars? He said, well, the first blessing is when you make a dollar. <laughs> and he said, boy, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, I love to make a dollar. He said, the second blessing comes when you save a dollar. And he said, in fact, I have that Yankee lust for saving. But the third blessing that comes in a dollar, he said, is the one that surpasses the other two. It's so much greater than the satisfaction of making a dollar or of saving it. He said the greatest blessing of all comes when you give that dollar away. I was thinking about us and our relationship as a church and of the hope that we have in touching the lives of other people about the blessings that come in dollars. The blessing that comes when we use a dollar in order to help, as Jesus was expressing it, those who are less fortunate than ourselves, the needy of our time. There is a blessing in using that dollar to be certain that the gospel is spread to those who do not know the truth and who are lost. And there is a great blessing of a church and a community who can use its dollars in order to meet the spiritual needs of those within its own reach. Three blessings in every single dollar. That requires sacrifice on our part, right? <laughs> I, I don't want to hoard that thing up. I, I want to use it in order to bless the life of somebody else. I want to bring glory and honor to God as his servant, as a steward of the things that he's put into my hands. I want to empty myself so that I can help another. But do we understand sacrifice? I read a story about a missionary trip. Actually, it was one that was hitting several spots all around the world. And in that group were two very wealthy men. One was a lawyer and the other was a businessman. The missionary who led that trip said, Now, I really want you to pay close attention as we hit these various spots. There'll be some things that are similar in each of these locations, things that you would probably be familiar with. But he said, I really want you to pay attention to those things that are out of the ordinary, very unusual. Let's take those moments in order to ascertain how God is using us or impacting those situations, the unusual circumstances of people's lives. And of course, as they traveled from culture to culture, there were all kinds of things that were of special note. But when they came to Korea, we're traveling down a dirt road and right there in the middle of a field that was being cultivated was an old man operating a wooden plow. But the unusual picture was that it was a young man who was strapped up and pulling that plow. And so the businessman said, whoa, 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 stop this car. I want to get a picture of this. This is pretty comical. Got this old man up here and got that young man pulling that plow. He said, they must be awfully, awfully poor. The missionary said, well, 
That actually is the family of Chi Nui. You see, a few years ago, they had determined that it'd be necessary as the church was growing that they have a facility, a, a little building for them to meet in. And so all of the members were encouraged to support that work by monetary contributions. But the Nui family, they didn't have any money. So they took the most valuable thing that they had in their possession and sold it. The ox that normally would have been pulling that plow. The businessman said, wow, that's touching to me. I mean, that was a, that was a great sacrifice on the part of that family. The missionary said, no, no. That's not how the family saw it. The family didn't think what a sacrifice on our part. They gave thanks to God that they had the blessing of an ox to sell. You see, much of the blessing that comes from giving is to see the happiness and the joy that that giving can do in the life of somebody else. Giving also assures our own happiness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7, the scripture challenges us with our giving. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity. For God loves, here's an important word, a cheerful giver. Let's go in reverse, will we? I'm cheerful in my giving. Why? Well, because I'm not giving it out of necessity. I'm not grudging in this. I don't have a bad attitude. It isn't, it isn't my response to somebody forcing me to give. I want to do it. In fact, I have given as I purposed in my heart. In other words, I had prepared my heart to start with that I'm going to give. And I'm going to give not because somebody is telling me to or I feel compelled to do it. I'm going to do it because that fills my heart. And then as a result of that attitude, the scripture says, God just, God just loves a cheerful giver like that. You see, when we give out of, out of a good heart, it, it just fills us with happiness. We may not even think about the recipient of that gift simply because of the joy that fills our own souls. And so, giving. I know often uh, we, especially in this text, think about the preparation that we make for giving as regards the work of the church. And we take up a collection every first day of the week, and we'll be doing that momentarily. But, you know, the whole idea of giving, of, of sacrifice, if you will, it is, is a mental state. I've already prepared myself for it. It isn't the idea that I'm just going to purpose my heart for the first day of the week but that I'm going to set the purpose of my heart as a heart of giving. And with a heart of giving, brothers and sisters, 
there are so many of those small, minute details of life that can become a full expression of our own joy in service to God, simply through the act of giving. Not necessarily writing a check or putting some cash in a bowl and collecting that, but just in the spirit of giving, just, just reaching ourselves out to touch the life of another person. Now, I would start that survey by just simply thinking about the first thing that happens every day. I don't, I don't know what your process is. But I would hope that as those eyes begin to open and our focus becomes more intent, that we would stop just for a moment and be thankful for the gift that we've already received, the gift of a new day. Those are precious indeed. And God, who is the ultimate giver, would then be receiving, as it were, a gift from us in terms of our gratitude to him. I think about the blessing that we send when we just sit down for a moment and write a note on a card. Maybe it's an appreciation for something that someone has done to you. Maybe it's congratulations for some good thing that's happened in the life of another person. Maybe it is an expression of sympathy. But whatever the case, it becomes an avenue through which you're expressing a gift of your inner self to another on the page to lift them up. Maybe it is that you go through the process of your life and you just simply become more aware. And you know, there, there are two categories of people that typically get overlooked. The very young and the very old. Oh, now, understand, I, we often give attention. Oh, how are you? We'll pat the little kids on the head or we'll pat an older person on the shoulder but do we stop to really appreciate what they represent for us? The child representative of life that is to come and of the elderly representing a life that has been lived to the full. Do we stop, as it were, to smell the roses that are right there before us and to express as a gift our thanks or gratitude to them for what they represent to us? Not condescending but a genuine expression of our love for them. Have you ever stopped to just, you know, be kind to an animal? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking, here, here is an example of great compassion and kindness. Can you express yourself to a little animal, like one of these cats here on my tie? You're giving a gift to a living being that really can't, respond in kind. That would be a pure form of gift giving. And certainly, we think about how we lay our head down at night, right before we close our eyes for sleep. What a blessing it is to simply reflect on a day in which our attitude has been such that we have touched another life for good. And to think that we've done better today, I hope, 
than we did yesterday. And then finally, giving assures future reward. In the book of Luke, chapter 6 and verse 38, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it will be given into your bosom. And with what measure you use, the same measure will be used to you. I just love that text. Because it's not like, you know, hey, fill my bucket. <laughs> you fill a bucket and, boy, it looks good and you've been carrying it a while and, boy, it just, you know, it really wasn't full. Or you get that bag of potato chips. The bag is this big, but the potato chips really only come up this far, right? Boy, I got gypped. Well, when it was in that factory, it's probably full, but it's settled. God says, I don't give gifts like that. You give, and how I'm going to respond is going to blow you away. Because whatever you have given, I'm not only going to pack it in there, but I'm going to pack it in so much that it starts overflowing. Listen, blessed is the child of God who is able to give away more than he ever received himself. In fact, in some ways, that is the measure by which we will be measured. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 34, 35, 36, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. In our expressions of giving or kindness toward others, boy, is, is honestly just simply a reflection of what Jesus has done in impacting us on the inside out. You know, Jesus came for the purpose of seeking and saving that which was lost. Jesus offered compassion to those who were mourning. He offered sight to the blind. He offered sound to those who were deaf and words to those who were mute. Jesus offered life to those who were dead. And in offering himself as a sacrifice for sin, he makes possible the ultimate gift, that gift of salvation and of heaven forever. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, the scripture says that though he, speaking of Jesus, was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. We're told in our text to remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you believe that? 
Boy, I sure do. He isn't saying that there's no blessing in receiving. I don't think you could have convinced the lame man who had been lame from birth in Acts chapter 3 that it wasn't a good thing to receive the gift of Peter through the power of God. But what he is saying is, it's more blessed to give than it is just to simply hoard up what we have for ourselves. In a season of gift giving, the child of God ought to be the one who rises head and shoulders above all the rest because we're recipients of a gift that we could never repay. Today we remember Jesus, the ultimate gift that he gave of himself for us. If you're a child of God, you have benefited from that, and I pray that your life will be a reflection of that gift. If you're not a child of God, I encourage you to seek out truth about the gospel, the sacrifice of Jesus that made possible the washing away of your sins. And in believing that Jesus is the Son of God, in confessing and repenting of your sins, you can be buried in water to have your sins washed away through the act of baptism, rising in newness of life, a, a life of giving. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you today for your son Jesus, and for what he is to us as the ultimate gift from you. And Father, we thank you for the salvation that we enjoy, the gift he gave, freely offering himself on the cross. I pray, Father, that you will help us as your children to reflect that. And while we, we can't give ourselves to save others, in the sense that Jesus did, we certainly can give our lives in service to others. And I pray that we will ourselves be a tremendous gift that we can bless the lives of others to bring them to you. Thank you for the blessings that we have received, for the joy that you've expressed in our hearts. And Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your word that empowers us and help us, Father, to walk in it every day. In Jesus' name, amen. The prayer of minds for the Lord's Supper will sing night with Evan Pinion. Night with Evan Pinion.
in Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5, the scripture says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. We've been talking about the gift of Jesus and of our own lives trying to replicate that gift through our own giving of ourselves and service to others. There was no greater sacrifice of service and of giving than of Jesus dying on the cross for us. This text describes the willingness of Jesus to leave the indescribable glories of heaven to live as a man in very simple circumstances. And then to die as a criminal. And while he was not guilty of sin, yet that perfect sacrifice carried, well, he carried our sin. But that's a personal thing, isn't it? I'm here to tell you today, he carried my sin, the sin I've done to that cross. And the sin that you've committed, Jesus bore that sin on the cross. Some have described it as though Jesus was nailed to that cross by these offenses. Today, and every first day of the week, while many will, especially this week, think about the birth of Jesus, we stop to think about the greatest gift, not just his arrival on the planet, but of what he did for us. And we are humbled before him as we partake these emblems of memorial. We're reminded of the body of Jesus hung on that cross so brutalized writhing in anguish and pain, offered up as a sacrifice. So I encourage you to take the bread. We're going to pray, and then we'll partake of that together. Our Father, we come before you humbled in your presence and so grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus. We remember his death in this event. And Father, while there are mixed emotions, we are overwhelmed with our thanks and gratitude because in that death is our freedom. We thank you for the body that hung on that cross and suffered for us. We pray that this unleavened bread will remind us of that sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. The fruit of the vine reminds us of the blood that was shed on that cross 
for us. Jesus talked about it as being a reminder of the forgiveness of our sins, the remission of sins. As we partake of this, not only do we think about his death, but, but what that death signified and the hope that was in that death and the shedding of that blood to wash our sins away. And for those who have, those who have benefited from that blood, this is, a, this is a special moment. So let's pray to God and then we'll partake of this emblem together as well. Our Father, we, we thank you for the privilege and it truly is a privilege, an honor, a blessing to be able together as your body to partake of this fruit of the vine, which is emblematic of the blood that Jesus shed for us, that blood that is capable of washing our sins away. Lord, help us as we partake of this, that we as deeply and as as clearly as we can to remember that sacrifice, to envision it as much as our human minds are able to do so and to appreciate to the furthest degree the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, a death for me. In Jesus' name, amen. We often refer to our giving aspect as an event that we do separate apart from the Lord's Supper. And certainly they are separate observances. But today, weren't you reminded of how, in a great degree, they are connected? The sacrifice of Jesus as a gift. And while we can't do what Jesus did... We can reflect the heart of giving that he had. And we can take very seriously our work as a church in spreading the gospel to save others, to make full advantage of the sacrifice that Jesus made. So we have opportunity to give, and uh, you can give by bringing your donation to the drop box that's in the annex. You can send it in the mail. There are even some avenues by which you can do it on the internet. Let's pray, thank God for the provisions in our lives, and then of the blessing it is for us to give today. Father, we we thank you in so many ways for the opportunity that we have to give. And I pray, Father, that we will give today in a cheerful manner, not grudgingly nor of necessity, that we will give as we have purposed in our hearts, that we are a people whose hearts are set on giving, and we just, you know, we, we value this opportunity to express our gratitude, our, our thanks to God for His blessings through this, this minor thing that we're doing now. But Lord, help our hearts to be full and full of cheer and joy as we give, knowing that we are contributing a small part to a greater whole. And we pray that what we do give will be effective in reaching the loss for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
I think we can all say that whether you have come to the building this morning or you have streamed in on your TVs, it's been a good day to worship the Lord. And don't worry, Ken, by the way, there was a comment on the, uh, the streaming that uh, somebody, Drew Googe, uh, did uh, notice the tie pretty early on. Uh, we have some announcements to make, and, and then we'll be dismissed in prayer. Uh, we want to extend sympathy to the family of Bobby Donovan and his wife, um, Brenda Donovan, in the passing of Brother Bobby on December the 10th, as well as Dr. Gary Mason, who is the uncle of our brother Ray Mason. Uh, the, as mentioned before, the communion supplies will be available in the annex, uh, along with uh, any sanitation supplies as those supplies are available. And as we look to our upcoming streaming services, uh, we have tonight at 5 o'clock, uh, Brother Jeremy Jones will continue our great Bible character series with uh, the character of Moses. And then Wednesday night, Lord willing, uh, Brother Ken will bring us another lesson, Developing a Servant Mentality. A living sacrifice. Those are all the announcements that I have at this point in time. Uh, we'll be dismissed in prayer at this time. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that no matter what the situation in life gives us, that we are able to worship you. Heavenly Father, as we, in this service, being thankful for the gifts that we have received, may we we, in turn, return those gifts to you and, and to others in the form of spreading the gospel in whatever manner we can. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings on this church that we pray that one day soon we'll be able to come together once again and, and look each other in the eye and be thankful that we can worship you together. And ultimately, Father, we await that day when we enter the gates together in heaven and we'll live with you forever be with us as we continue our journey here on earth and let us walk close to thee all the way this we pray in your son's name amen